Rating the vault with Vanekin Lunchbox. Probably support the following. Go ahead, Davey. Wait. Shit. I'm, you always go first. So I wasn't ready. I got it. All right. Bring the vault with Vanekin Lunchbox proudly supports Settle Down Beer from Gilroy, California. Settle Down Beer. If we need to hang out and just settle down, crack a cold one. Monterey Street in Gilroy. Also, listen to Talking Shop with the Boston Box on Mondays live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Hear my gorgeous voice alongside my tag team partner, Brandon, the Boss Blacker. Mike Vanek, who else do we proudly support? Mike Vanek Sucks Podcast proudly supports the following. Give it up for Ceremonial Sound right here in Bristol, Virginia. They are our sponsor this week uh, or this month, whatever we're doing. Um, talk shop with the Boston Box, of course. The What's Vecta podcast, Mountain Smoke Shop in New Jersey. Of the Dead Designs and Tope Suicida for your fucking, you, dude, you're a pro wrestler? Are you a standard comedian? Are you um, in a band? Do you have a movie coming out? Dude, Juan will hook you up with fucking fat ass art. Um, please support my buddy Zorn in Sacramento, California with Capital Chaos TV. Please support the guys out in San Francisco with Reality Check TV and Aces Space Radio. Please support Minna Goodwin. And this is Scott with Minna Goodwin, Modesto V Magazine, ModestoV.com, Relic Moon Records, Central Valley Death Metal, Bands for Bands, Music Depot in Hayward, California. And as always, please support GunMusicRadio.com. Got anything else, Avery? Right, I was pointing at gunmusicradio.com. Nope, yes. that's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, we'll talk more about it later. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Nothing left inside 
This is Mike Vanek and I suck. And joining me for this very special occasion, because this is a special episode, ladies and gentlemen, joining us live from his hidden compound in Los Banos, California, I present to you my oldest friend and my youngest brother. Please give it up for Lunchbox. What up, dog? Hey, what's going on, dude? I don't know if I'm your youngest brother. I think you've called brother's brother younger than me, brother. But, uh, hey, brother, how you doing tonight? Just looking forward to sitting down after a long-ass week of work and wrestling and fucking raiding the vault. And uh, since we're not doing this live, we got to cheat the system, and we actually get to play music people know for once. Word. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so excitement, ch- like Pontiac, Mike Manning. <laughs> well, check it out. This is a very special bonus episode of Reading the Wall with Vanek and Lunchbox. I am super excited to do this because normally he's like, "Yeah, let's just go live and we'll go we'll play some bands." And you can't you can't really play the bands you want to play because Facebook, YouTube, and every other social media group in the whole fucking world will uh, you know cut your balls off. But here. On my, you know, dedicated uh, RSS stream, and with our friends at GunMusicRadio.com, we can play whatever the fuck we want. So, yep. we do I that. said, said brother, 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 we are going to uh, record an episode and give me your top. I said four, but the caveat was five. So, give me your top. Five bands you've seen live, and we're gonna start off with our biggest surprise. So, what is this? This is the band you didn't think was gonna be cool, and it didn't ended up being cool. Or explain it to me. Correct. That that was what I went with. It was since the the whole issue was band, best bands that we've seen live. I was like, okay, and we kind of know 
Like, if you know either one of us, you can kind of see pretty quickly where it'll go musically. But that being said, you know, I also wanted to try to switch it up a little bit and do things just a smidge differently. So I was like, all right, my caveat for only picking four. And I accidentally threw five at you. So text me whichever one you want to chop off. And then if, if I don't like it, we'll argue about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was like, okay, the fifth band has to be one that you were surprised by. Like you like you got drug kicking and screaming type shit. You didn't want to go, but somebody offered you a ticket and you know, or you went with your wife or whatever. And you didn't want to go. And then you went and you saw them and you had to be like, all right, that was that was pretty badass. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So being who I am and you know who I'm practically married to, there have been a lot of bands um where it's been like, ah oh, fuck. I gotta go see Chris Stapleton. And Chris Stapleton's hella dope. And you're like, oh my God, that was the baddest fucking show I ever saw. And I've never smoked more weed in my life. Um, and he has the fucking harmonica player from Willie Nelson. So that's cool. Um, I went and saw a guy um, in Knoxville. And his name's escaping me, but it's not important. He was like this Merle Haggard type fucking country singer. Uh, Whitey, no, no, oh, whatever, it'll come back to me later. Um, he was dope as fuck and hella punk rock. Well, it's kind of surprising that you wouldn't have been into something like that, being you know, the Cash fan you are, the Merle Haggard mm-hmm. fan you are, the yeah, you know, totally. you like old school outlaw bar country, it, yeah, I like sitting in bars listening to that shit. Um, but you know, I see it live, I, I know what you're saying. So, tell me about you, your band that you chose for this subject. So way back in the year of our Lord, 2002, I had just hooked up with this gorgeous woman named Jennifer. I'm currently still married to this gorgeous woman named Jennifer. And we went to, I want to say it was either Not So Silent Night or Jingle Ball. I don't remember which one the uh, the San Jose version was. Mm-hmm. So we go to that. And it's one of those gigantic radio fest bills that's got Papa Roach, because it's in NorCal, so it's got to have Papa Roach. Disturbed because they were just coming off of the Believe album, Jurassic Five, Some Forty One, Moby. Oh fuck! Moby actually almost got this spot, but I couldn't find. Anything. Did he play his punk rock set or did he play his um I'm Moby set? He played his classic rock set. God damn, dude! That doesn't do bad things. Yeah. It, it was phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. it really, really was. Like. Me and Jim walked in and we watched Moby play, you know, Feel Like Making Love and uh, More Than a Feeling. And what there were a couple of them that just floored me. And after a while, we had to look at each other and be like, you know, I hate to say this, but Moby's kind of stealing the show right now. Like, Moby, Moby's pretty badass. Yeah, he is. And um, the Donnas opened it up. But the surprise for me, aside from Moby, of course, was when the band my wife drugged me to see. Pop punk icons Good Charlotte took the stage. And she had been making me listen to The Young and the Hopeless. It had just come out a couple months prior. And, you know, it's one of those things you do when, you know, when you're in a relationship, you put up with each other's crappy music and TV shows. And so here I was for this. And I was like, okay, like, maybe this won't be so bad. And as soon as their intro ended and they came out playing... I think it's the song I picked. 
they mm-hmm. all left their feet at the same time and just crushed into one of the most fun pop punk sets I've ever been a part of. And I've been at shows where somehow we'd be talking about random punk rock bands and Jen would be like, yeah, well, you know, this and that. And they ranted. And then I went and checked out Rancid. Now Rancid's one of my favorite bands ever. And I went and bought Outcome the Wolves today on vinyl. And every time, and matter of fact, when I saw it, when I saw it in the in the store today, I was like, oh, I gotta get that because Jen, Jen Astrid fucking the fucker fucking hooked me up on that. All right, so intro intro your song, bro. So did I pick uh, uh, Lifestyles or did I pick uh, the anthem? Anthem, which is the best song they did. Uh, you know what? And, and it, this game was actually on Madden 2006, if I'm not mistaken. It was. So I couldn't remember which year. But this is the anthem by Good yeah. Charlotte, and you're hearing it I'm... right now on Raiding the Vault with Vanek and Lunchbox. Part on gunmusicradio.com. Gunmusicradio.com.
And that's the end of the TRL portion of our program. Is it? Is, is it, it really? I actually think another one of our bands was on TRL at one point. Kill Switch? No, I think they were way post TRL. Um, okay. No, nah, uh, uh, one of the other ones from the early 2000s that I picked up. Oh, oh uh, okay. Don't be well, giving away we'll, match results. We'll, hey. <laughs> listen guy kayfabe is kayfabe and kayfabe is law anyways so my band that was a surprise to me uh is one of my brother 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 brothers uh favorite bands of all time would i be lying if i said that not in the slightest okay so when, oh. when consensus asked I would probably mm-hmm. be more often than not tell you this is my favorite band. So uh, just a minute ago, my um, my older brother, Mike, which is my legitimate stepbrother, uh, called me while we were trying to start our broadcast. And while I, we had that break a minute ago, I called him to see what was going on. And he took, called me to tell me that they saw the Moonshine Bandits van in Vegas this morning. So I used to work for a band called Moonshine Bandits, which is from Davies' hometown, Los Banos, California. Los Banos, baby. Yeah, dog. And um, so... Crackers soaked in beer. Welcome to Hazard County. Yeah. So anyways, um, the last tour that I got to do with Moonshine Bandits was called Twisted. Once again, one of Davies' favorite of all time. And uh, I get you in free to that. One more time. Did I get you in free to that? Uh, you did not get me in free to Twisted. Me going to Fat Cat. No, I bought tickets off. No- uh, I should have got in for free, but I bought tickets off Nothing But Losers to support Nothing But Losers. Okay. All I remember is you guys were at the uh, Ace of Spades in Sacramento. Oh, wait, wait. That tour. Yes, you did. You did get us into that one. And I got you a t-shirt from that tour, too, right? Yes, you did. Okay, I have a sweater in the closet that's yours. I don't really want to give it to you, but you deserve it. Um, you don't have to give me the sweater because not only did Mike Bannett give me buy me the T-shirt, get us free tickets into the tour, but he also got me the Twisted Haunted High on comic books signed by both the Monoxide Child and Jamie Madrox, personalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both, and I got you one of the backstage passes too, right? Huh? You got one of our all-access all laminates, right? And an all-access laminate. So, shout out to George, who is Twisted's manager, uh, Purple Hash on Instagram. That guy was the coolest, coolest guy in the whole fucking world. Um, got to follow them around and watch them shoot a music video in Buffalo, New York. And one of the support acts was Blaze Your Dead Homie. I got to watch him shoot one of his music videos in Oklahoma City, I believe it was. Um, whatever. It was the day that Moonshine Bandit's t-shirt got punched me in the ear. But, um, so every night while I was breaking down my gear, uh, cause we were main sport every day, I would listen to this song and this song has now become one of my favorite songs of all time. And it reminds me of the my pirate days of being on tour with moonshine bandits this was some of the best times of my life and some of the worst times of my life but shout out to twisted 
Jamie Madrox. What's the other guy's name? Monoxide Child. Yeah. Uh, two very, very cool guys. Their management, all those guys are fucking awesome. Their crew, some of the fucking downest fucking dudes I've ever met in my whole life. Uh, John Sestar, their sound guy, is one of the most amazing musicians just ever. He's in Cleveland. Um, they're light guys, now they're drummer. And uh, he was in, uh, I want to, not Davey Havoc, but what's the other Davey? I don't know. But anyways, so, uh, no, um, Davey whatever the band was. Davey Suicide. Davey Suicide. He was the drummer for that, wore makeup and all that shit. He is now the drummer for Twisted, and he's their light guy. And he's damn good at what he does, and I still want his job. His name is Draven, and he's fucking dope as fuck. And one night, before I start the song, uh, so one night, I left all the Moonshine Bandits uh, banners and uh, art, all their, you know, uh, the tarps and everything, backdrops, all that in a tub, and he found it. And I bought him a, I think it was a 50 pack of hams for fucking doing that for me. And he loved it. And that dude, hella cool. So anyways, uh, to cut down a long story, this is the song that reminds me of that tour, which was a fucking blast. Um, This is Rock the Dead. Did I say that right? Correct. By Twisted and... I can't say enough good things about those guys. And I used to fucking hate them. Right, Davey? You so did. But I've actually got a couple twisted stories when we come back. Two specifically pertaining to this song. Okay. Cool, man. Let's, let's go ahead and play it. Because this takes me back. I, I Like I said, I'll, I'll tell that story. But the first time I saw this, I was 15 years old. That fucked me. 23 Word. years ago. I saw them perform this live for the first time. When we come back, I'm going to tell you all about it. Oh, this shit gives me goosebumps, dude. Got my whole body shaking, thinking escaping, but they gon' keep 
punk chasing them facing off with the world and the planet Dig a hole, buried alive like a goddammit It ain't a living thing, it's a no fuck giving thing Bring the pain and I'ma bleed with the rain Insane when I leave this bitch I got the whole world screaming out You ain't shit! Are we the wrong ones you can bet? I don't know why you hide your face Cause I'm coming for your neck and you get part of the plot What you got? Should've cut your head off on the spot A whole pile of dead bodies, I'm on top Me and my man rocking the dead like, oh, now stop! Twisted has always been their ability to embrace change, evolve. They just released a full-blown rock album this last mm-hmm. year, and it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, even back in Most Tasteless, which was their debut album, which that song was off of, they were not afraid to mess around with elements of rock and roll in their music. Uh, 
in Freak Show, they 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 went into it a lot. And you know, every album has at least had one song that's got a slamming guitar riff. And like I said, it's it's more rock and roll than anything. Like it might have a hip hop lyrics and, and vocal stylings to it, but there's always it's always there, you know, and you know it. You know, you 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 see that they're not just oh well this guitar part sounds cool. No, they it's because that's what they're into, and so they utilize it. All right, so my story is about that song. Number one, when I was 15 years old, I went to the Insane Clown Posse Wicked Clowns from Outer Space tour. First time seeing ICP. Twisted was opening up for them. And I didn't know nothing about Twisted. I heard, this is long before the days of music sharing. Napster wasn't even a thing yet. They were on their label, right? Yes. And uh, they were on Psychopathic Records, and they were... And that, you know, Violent J had decided, you know, you don't see Twisted without us. You know, we're all, whenever you see us, you're going to see Twisted. We're going to push them. And I didn't know what to make of Twisted. You know, ICP were kind of, I know they weren't the only horrorcore rap group out at the time, but outside of Brother Lynch and ICP, I didn't really know of any. You know, so I thought maybe these guys, and you know, I saw the face paint and the way they dressed and thought, okay, this is just going to be a bit of an ICP knockoff. When they came out, you know, first uh, their intro starts and uh, a Michael Myers character and a Jason character walk out on either side of the stage, you know, and then they just drop the intro, the beat hits and out comes Twisted. And from the moment they get on stage, there's just this undeniable charisma about these guys. They know how to work that crowd. They know how to connect with each and every person in that building. And so, you know, pretty immediately I was won over. But the moment that sticks out to me forever is during Rock the Dead, you could hear no music. You could hardly hear their voices coming over the PA. All you heard was 500 Juggalos in a 300 uh, venue capacity, all packed in there like sardines, all jumping in unison and all you heard was feet hitting the floor. Like that was literally all you heard. The, the music had drowned away. Their voices only came out, you know, every couple words you could hear them because that crowd knew every word, except for, you know, a couple people like me that weren't really familiar yet. And you just kept hearing Trump, 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 rock the dead. Trump, Trump. That was all you could hear. And it was one of the most beautiful feelings I've ever felt in my life. Nothing has ever sold me on a band like that moment sold me on a band. And here right. I am 23 years later, still a huge fan, you know, still keeping up with Twisted. Like it's. So, it's what incredible. was your other story? So, we went to go see them in ICP at the Chico Theater or the mm-hmm. Senator uh, Theater in Chico. Yeah. Shout out to J Max. Yeah. And when they and when they played Rock the Dead, a couple of the security guards who were just looking annoyed and bored the whole time <laughs> got into it and started hopping with the crowd and stuff. Like that's just what this song does. Like when you're in the midst of it, especially live, like you're gonna move. You, your mm-hmm. head's gonna nod, your toes gonna tap. Or like I said, if you're in the midst of a bunch of us, you're going to jump because you can't not because the momentum's just going to carry you because you're stuffed in there. 
So funny part is I've heard this story from my boss who is, I don't know if he still is, but was the number two man at J-Max Productions who did all the shows at the Senator Theater. So he did the uh, bigger shows at the Modesto Center Plaza. Your, uh, you know, Primus and Hinder and Shinedown and all those shows. That it was a nice run of shows. You know what I mean? Uh, he did all of those. And I was on that crew, and Ben was the uh, the foreman for the J-Max crew. And he told me that he had to do security for Twisted. And it, he fucking hated him. He, that's where I got the term uh, schmuggle from. Oh, from him? Him and JoJo. But, uh, yeah, he's like, I'm sitting here with all these schmugglers, and all of a sudden it's just like, uh, this song's cool. And then next thing you know, I'm bouncing around. <laughs> I'm just like listening to your story. I'm like, oh, that's Ben. So, he might have been, it, there was one dead center, and mm-hmm. there were like two or three standing side by side. And like they all had that same annoyed ass look on their face. Oh, dude, he was one of the coolest motherfuckers ever, too. So he probably dug the fuck out of it. When they well, booked Carcass, like, the one in the middle starts kind of bouncing. And like I yeah. said, next thing you know, every security guard up front's hopping along with us. So like, he, would, right, like, he would he would be the guy that would be taller than everybody else. It's like guard, 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 ban. Guard, okay, it wasn't him. Okay. It wasn't him. This he told me about that there. Okay. Uh, so, brother, let's get our, our list started. So these are the, for now on till the end of the show, this is going to be the top what, four. Sure. Four. Yeah. You didn't, top, tell, you, you didn't top. tell me which one you wanted me to cut. So, so no, do you sent me fucking, you sent me four songs plus the one we just played. And then we're going to close with machine head. Oh, okay. So, oh, so we are sharing that. We're sharing that because. Okay, cool. I'm down with that. I fucking marked my fucking skin with that band. We're talking about them. All right. Um, but this band is very important to me because this was the first national act I was assigned. At the glorious Fat Cat Music House and Lounge, 920 11th Street, Modesto, California. Oh, fuck. Tell us about your pick. Um, Lunchbox with Head P.E. Ah, yes. Head P.E., man. I first got wind of these guys. You remember those OzFest samplers we all used mm-hmm. to get? Yeah. Yeah, I got one of those, and it had Bartender and Killing Time on it. Oh, God. Both awesome songs. And they had mm-hmm. just released Broke, which... If you're our age, that's the album that got you into Head P.E. Like, mm-hmm. undeniable. Uh, just those two songs were yeah. so perfect. Like, that was when rap rock was the thing. Jared is a damn good MC, And uh, their DJ, uh, who I think was actually named DJ, was, uh, like, he was really good. It, it, they mixed it beautifully mm-hmm. in the funk bass. The and way one hell of a skateboarder. Hmm? He's a hell of a skater. Who, Jared or the DJ? The DJ. Oh, okay. I'm not sure uh, if it's the same guy. I had to babysit him once at the Fat Cat, and he's like, hey, dude, is there a skate park here? I'm like, Chris Ricky, what's up? Um, DJ from Head P wants to go to the Modesto Skate Park. Can I take him there? And we got on a bus, 
with Chris Ricky's credit card. <laughs> we got two fucking forties of uh he got a forty of uh whatever fucking I think it was like old English. And I got a 40 of Mickey's because I'm a G. And we fucking went to the Modesto skate park for about three hours. And he taught me how to do a pop shove it. And um, fucking I skated my fucking ass off because I didn't want to look like a fucking poser in front of this guy. And then Chris Ricky was like, hey, are you guys done? I'm like, hey, man, are you ready to go back to the venue? He's like, yeah, we can go back to the venue. And Chris Ricky came and picked us up in his fucking silver Camaro. And we went back to the Fat Cat. And, dude, that was my first national act we ever did, Fat Cat. Uh, that was full, uh, the one with Full Scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what was the name of that band with the two kid rappers? I don't remember. All I remember you know what is Head P.E. talking P- about that, right? They sang that yeah. song, something, something. Head, Head, Head P.E. and Full Scale was all I remember from that show. Because, should I tell this story? Fuck it. Who's listening? The guy from Full Scale with his with his like looking like Road Warrior and shit with the fucking with the no. wallet and the fucking jean jacket, no and the shorts and the boots. I like, have a okay, so I I'm not gonna say any names. If we had to guess if this guy which which one of these guys was from Australia, there was no fucking missing this. So story. real quick before I hit play, I'm not gonna say any names. But there's a prominent local metal band in. Modesto about the time of the show, which was about 2003, 2004, maybe five. I don't know. Uh, 2003. Late four, early five. Right right before mom died, probably. Anyways, um, so we're doing head PE, in fact, and it sold the fuck out. And I I was under budget on advertising, so I got the difference was given to me in a bar tab. So I'm fucking flying high and I'm working. And uh, this local band wanted to use the green room. And they were told no by security. And it went just like this. Listen, it's just one of these no-name bands. He's not a better left unsaid or a threefold. He's one of these no-name bands. You gotta be one. You gotta be a good band to get the green room, and said that to somebody you know very well. And um, said person walked out of uh, the back door of the fat cat. Took one hand in a handle right here. And took one hand in the hill right here and ended his night with a very fucking nice uh, walk away job. And um, they went on to their next fucking uh, the band from Australia, I think, or Head PE. Maybe even one of the openers. I don't know. But I think it was out of Head PE or um, full, full scale fucking bass and guitar. And they uh, just up and walked away into the midnight Modesto fucking darkness. And. Wait, what? Yeah. So he. Look in the chat. He he grabbed a handle of booze in each hand. Grabbed. No, no, no. He grabbed head P.E.'s bass and head P.E.'s guitar. Or that might have been full scale. But up and walked out. 
oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the head of security at the Fat Cat was like, oh, they're just a no-name band. And if you look in the chat right there and you see uh, what band it is, you're gonna, I, you, I saw, wow. Yeah, that's no no-name band, right. <laughs> so, intro the song, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why. I think a lot of this, uh, the reason I picked this song, it, it was big right about this time. And when we went to, actually, this was the tour for that album. Mm-hmm. And what really sucked is the fact that beforehand, I took four Yellow Jacket Stingers at once. Really? The guy who owned the venue that I was that I was doing shows at at the time, I stopped by the bar to drop off some flyers or something. And he was just like, here, have some legal speed. And he gives me those. So I just fucking suck them down. I didn't realize you're only supposed to take one at a time. Like, you know, I thought you took the packet. Mm-hmm. So I took all four of them. So me and Jen leave my house in Wesley to head to the Fat Cat. And, like, we get halfway around the corner, and I'm just like, pull the fuck over. And I proceed to just vomit everywhere. And then we go to the Fat Cat. And I'm going to say this. I've seen Head P.E. Uh, once again, I got a glorious story for when I come back. Once when I was 15, uh, 15 years old again, um, the Fat Cat show with Twisted again at the Fat Cat, and we played with them at the Ace of Spades. So I've seen Head P.E. four times. I have seen them be the best and the worst band. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys, I- I've seen them have their <laughs> worst nights and their best nights. And um, so I went with this song because around that time, you know, my mom and I were in the car a lot together. This yeah. was probably my mom's favorite Head P.E. song because it was on Rock 96.7 back when Rock 96.7 was cool. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, Turn the page and black out to Ed P on Raiding the Vault with Vanek and Lunchbox on Gun Music Radio. Thank you. Be right back. Stick around. Welcome back. Our next guests have been climbing the rock radio charts with the title track from their new CD, Blackout, which just came out this week. Please welcome Head Planet Earth. to shut me up I see through plastic skin I gotta get out, gotta get out in. What about those things you said to me? What about the time we wasted? Every day just like the one before Every time I see your face I black You know I gotta get in Just let me in You know I gotta get in But I gotta know What about the five o'clock news? What about the Sunday paper? Every day's just like the one before. 
with Vanek and Lunchbox. I guess I got control of the stick right now because Mike Vanek's bleeding the old lizard, draining the main vein, kicking a pee-pee, as it were, using the dunny, as my Australian buddy would say. That was Head P.E. with Blackout. Now, cool Head P.E. story I've got. The first time I got to see Head P.E., I went to go see them with the 20 Dead Flower Children and Spine Shank at the Cactus Club in San Jose. I went, I used to work for a juggalo site called writers.com as a correspondent. So I went in to interview the 20 dead flower children after, you know, they're set. Uh, I, first they take me back in the green room and interview me after they're set. You know, I walk over, shake their hands. And they're like, where are your homies at dude? And I was like, Oh, I'm actually, I'm flying solo tonight. And they're like, what? No, no, you're not. You're with us. So they take me into the green room where I hang out all night and unknowingly meet Rob Flynn from machine head. Yeah. All the guys from insolence. Yeah. And eventually every member of head PE walks in. And when Jared, Fuck the yeah. lead singer, starts kicking motherfuckers out of the out of the green room, he's like, anybody not affiliated with the bands of the tour got to go, man. We just want to chill. Like, we don't, you know, we just want to be alone. And he starts, it's you, out, you, out, you, out, you, out, you. And he gets to me. He's like, who are You're you? You're cool. And no, he's just like, who are you? And the guy from uh, the guitar player from 20 Dead's like, he's with us. And they're just like, okay, cool. He's, he's with them. And what was cool was this Dean Markley guy. Mm-hmm. Was there talking to him because they were sponsored? Yeah, and uh, yeah, the rep is uh, the rep and his little assistant. His assistant's like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm on Twenty Dead Street Team or whatever." And uh, he was like, "Oh, so you're nobody." And Twenty Dead just turned to him and was like, "Bro, that's strike one. Like this guy came to see us, paid his money, 
you know, he's interviewing us for a website. He, he works on our street team. Like he's somebody to us. So strike yeah. one, dude, like you only get two more and you're out of here. And That's then we cool came in and asked him who he was. He was like, Dean Martin. He's like, I don't fucking care. Get out. But I got to stay because I'm no one. Yeah. I had an interesting exchange with the Dean Markley guy once. I won't tell that story on the air. Um, so my turn. This is my right. number four, man. And I'm going to go way back. Uh, this one is dedicated to the memory of my Aunt Kelly. So as everybody knows, Mike Vanek had a fucked up childhood. And for a couple summers, um, I got sent off to live with the family members. One of those family members was my Aunt Kelly. Aunt Kelly was old school fucking drug dealer from the 70s. Aunt Kelly was fucking badass. Her husband had the fucking uh, Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am, dude. Everything you ever wanted in a fucking aunt. Bro, smoked my first, first joint with her. Fucking um, had a good ass time living with Aunt Kelly. Um, she bought my first bong. Um, so she took me to go see Metallica at the fucking Oakland Coliseum. Day on the Green, one of the most famous Metallica concerts of all time. Not the one with Cliff Burton, but the next one with Jason Newstead on bass. I think this is the show that made Mike Van. I had seen Slayer probably before this, before this, but we were just there for Judas Priest, and I didn't really know who Slayer was, and I was like nine or ten years old. So, got to go see Talica at the fucking Oden Coliseum. Got to see Soundgarden and uh, Faith No More when they were the biggest band in the world, and Queensryche when they were the biggest band in the world, and uh, Metallica comes out. And then I saw Metallica again when Guns N' Roses was supposed to play for them. And, dude, Guns N' Roses came out, played Paradise City, and then went into Welcome... Or, no, they played Welcome to the Jungle, went into Paradise City, halfway through Paradise City, Axl Rose says, fuck this place, threw his microphone down and walked off the stage and then goes dark. Place starts rioting. And keep in mind, I'm like, you know, 12, 13. And there's a fucking full-blown riot going on. Oaken Coliseum. All of a sudden, black banners roll down. And the riot goes into a really loud, yeah! Um... They start playing that fucking good and the bad and the ugly music. They're Oh, dude. And fucking Metallica came out and played for four fucking hours. And still to this day, um, you know, the fact that my mom went to high school with Kirk Hammett, it's not, you know, it's beside the fact. I'm telling you right now, seeing Metallica live when I was a kid pretty much set me on the course for the rest of my life. What's your favorite Metallica moment? You know, man, sadly, I've only seen Metallica the one time. I saw them okay. Friday at Aftershock this last year, and mm -hmm. it was bad. Yeah. God, it was so bad. See, I got to see them when they were 
best band you could ever want to go see. And Let's after, see. you know, after the Black Album came out, and I liked half of it, but, you know, just after everything that came after that, it was hit or miss. See, and you know what? I'm fucking, I'm a, I'm going to go ahead and be on the unpopular side of history here, dude. Black Album's their fucking best album. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is the album that brought them into the every home in America. It got to the point at that age in 1990 where people you were going over to your friend's house mm -hmm. and their parents had yeah. a metal record. Think about that. I mean, my parents yeah. had metal records, so that was nothing new. To no, me. you're right. That was the first metal album people played like in a pop music fucking setting. Yeah, and yeah, it, didn't, it didn't matter. Like, and to and I will not I will not shit on Black Album. I loved it. Um, it when they came out, it was the, it was my world. I fucking listened to that album. I almost bought it today just to have it. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal to me, but I'm telling you, um, that era Metallica was some of the greatest shit ever. Now, the song I picked. Is a very famous older song, and it has a very uh, important gentleman to me. Um, before I moved to the valley, we lived in Castro Valley, California, and we lived probably four or five houses down from Cliff Burton. Um, Spastic Children, which is Metallica's other band, where James Hetfield plays uh, drums, and you know it's, it's a whole different. They all play different instruments, but that's basically Metallica. Gotcha. And they played in my backyard before we moved to Patterson. And bro, uh, mom went to Deanza High School in Richmond, California, with not only Kirk Hammett from Metallica, but Mark Biederman from Blind Illusion and uh, Les Claypool and the Broken Record. Story is I have right over there, I have a yearbook with uh, Kirk Hammett and all those guys in it. So, I'll vouch for you on that too. You, we made you go get that for our show. Yeah, you did. And so I have fell in love with early Metallica. So we're going to go back to 1983. This is live at the Metro in Chicago, which is still there. And it's only one place in America. I didn't get the tour to, but someday I'll go there. Um, this is Whiplash, which is my favorite Metallica song of all time. And dude, the quintessential thrash metal song. This is I'll Metallica. This is Metallica with Whiplash. You're listening to it on Rating the Vault with Vanican Lunchbox. This is a very special uh, extra edition. I hope you like it. Here you go.
God bless you, Cliff Burton. So, compiling this list was super hard for me. I don't know about you, buddy, but, dude, there were a lot of bands that didn't make my list that probably could have really easily. What are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, see, no, it wasn't difficult in the fact that I went with the first five that came off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And in, and in thinking that, I actually, there was one I ditched because I couldn't find a good track for them. Uh, just, just due to the fact that like, it's okay. Well, if they come to my head that fast, like these must be the bands I want, you know, on here, you know, that that's the way I had to kind of look at that. So I went with that notion, but of course, after I send you everything, I start, you know, mixing in my head. Well, what about this band? What about that band? What about, you know, uh, you know, what about this show at, at there where you saw, you know, you saw, someone you know in the middle of a bill that was just so much head and shoulders above the headliners or whatever you know that just really caught you off guard and you were just like fuck that's so good um soil work comes to me- comes to mind like uh i won free tickets to soulfly from the great band at the at the regency and um Man. and it yeah. was the day before the sh- or it was the day of the show <clears throat> so i pretty much just you know called my wife and let her know hey um I, I got Soulfly tickets for tonight in San Francisco. Do, do you want to go? And she's like, that's cool. Not really. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to take Abe. And she's like, yeah, that she's like, I actually kind of figured you should take him instead of me. And I'm like, okay. So I call Abe and I'm like, Hey, are you busy tonight? And he's like, dude, I'm never busy. What, why? You know, you want to practice? No. Um, you want to go see Soulfly? What? Hmm. Yeah, dude, you want to go see Soulfly tonight? Uh, yeah okay cool i'll be at your house at 315 be ready yeah and i mean that awesome. shit 315 or i'll call somebody else yeah like, it'll probably be vanic <laughs> <laughs> um as somebody that's gotten that phone call from you and somebody that misses a very much um it's hella cool that you got to do that with him because anyway uh, i'm in yeah. the middle of the story here yeah i was just about to tell you to finish your story so Oh, we, we got a long way to go because this this actually turned out to be a real adventure with me and El Cripple. And don't okay. nobody at me because that's what he referred to himself as. It's mm-hmm. on my wall here on the on the Team Brutal uh, thing. Where's that? Abe the Cripple Guerrero. Bam. That's how he signed it. So anyway. Yep, I vouch for that because my. We go to the Regency. And, you know, right we cruise up in Abe's wheel, with Abe's wheelchair and they're just like, oh, cool. We'll take you downstairs and you know, bring you up through the elevator. And we're like, okay, cool. Just let us know when you're ready. So we go in and there's a, and uh, when we go into the basement, there's a rap show and there's like, you know, 200 people at this rap show in the basement of the Regency where upstairs is um, soul fly and soil work. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, fuck uh, after the show. Can we just, can we just come back down here? And security's like, no, I gotta be able to like, he's like, I wouldn't care, but I have to get back to where I am. Like my job is to, collect people to take them up and down the lift and okay fair enough so we go in and you know we get a beer we check it you know we check out the merch booth and we're sitting about halfway back and on comes soil work who i was familiar with Mm -hmm. but i'd never seen live and i didn't listen to a lot Mm -hmm. and uh my buddy jojo told me oh dude you're gonna have a great time soil work does their best work live I was yeah, like, I, I told you I'm going to see Soulfly, and you're talking about soil work. Okay, 
And I respect JoJo's opinion about live bands. The man knows. I, yeah. And so they play their first song, and me and Abe take a couple steps forward. They play their second song, me and Abe take a couple more steps forward. Well, next Wait, thing you know, you're talking about wheelchair, Abe, right? right? Huh? It was is he in the wheelchair at this point? Oh yeah. Okay. I no, guess he wasn't standing. He did a couple ro- rotations forward rolls. What do you want me to fucking say? Sorry, man. I was just trying to timestamp the show. Okay. We, we we move we moved forward. All right. He nudged his wheels forward. Sure. So anyway, next thing you know, we're like about three quarters of the way up to the front, and I just kind of tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, dude, is it just me, or is this one of the greatest fucking shows you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, these guys are really good. Why don't we listen to these guys more? I don't know. Like, <coughs> That's funny because he used to talk about soil work a lot. After we saw him. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, we want to intro the next man. Oh. Um, so, this is a band that it's weird to say the first time I saw them was at the Fat Cat Music House and Lounge. Oh, I'll get there. Um, and they were just finishing up the Slayer tour, and that this was Slayer didn't really start playing stadiums and arenas until the late the early 2010s. Like Slayer was a big club band, was what Slayer did. They, you know, they sell out the Fillmore, the Warfield, the Pound, you know, and actually the night before these guys were at the Pound with Slayer. I was there. And we just had to be in the... It it wasn't the Pound, it was the Warfield. Oh, it was the Warfield, my bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and they just happened to, that happened to be the last night, and before they went home, somebody made a phone call to somebody and, and said, hey, can you come play the Fat Cat Music House and Lounge? And they did. Probably just thought, hey, the, you know, we'll, we'll take another payday. Like, we could use mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then when they came down, I just remember Howard Jones looking around at the fact that, like, the floor is crowded. The whole balcony is crowded. People are falling off the fucking balcony. So, like, so can I plug the holes in your story? Because this is about the time I worked there. Right. So... What happened was, what happened was, and having a better half in radio, I now understand this better. Um, so as you said, Slayer date was in, the Slayer dates were ending. And um, radio hit up 96.7 and was like, hey, they have a couple dates available before the next leg pops off. Would you like to pick this up? And Jack Paper, who ran 96.7 at that time, was like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. We have a venue right here. They can come play the Fat Cat. Gave Chris Ricky total car blanche. Chris Ricky then went and printed 1,500 tickets to the Fat Cat Music House and Lounge. At whole legally, at that time, held about 675 people. I thought it was closer to 1,000, but... Um, at that time, our limit was about six. And there was about 1,500 people. And um, this was two weeks after they won the Grammy. Yes. And I was in the middle of the greatest job of my life, which was 
not only the assistant talent buyer, but I stocked the bar. So, and I had the <laughs> bar. I stocked the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. And I had an apartment on Tully Road in Turlo- or in Modesto, and it was dope, and it was hella cool. And then I lost my job for taking quarters out of the Fat Cat office to buy a fucking taco truck burrito, and they had it on camera. And I still get quarter jokes till this day. But anyways, um, I still did shows there for years and years after. And I was still, dude... You know, the old grill I'm on soon line where it's like, they were hanging off the rafters. They were literally they were hanging, hanging off, off the, the fucking rafters. rafters dude. There were people fucking. Uh, that was the one time I saw somebody jump from the balcony to the crowd and they caught him. And we caught him. Yeah. We caught oh, him. Somewhere, somewhere, there's video of that. And then I got a. So. It was beyond packed, and you knew how hard the fat cat was to get around. Um, yeah, it wasn't convenient anyway, let alone. Yeah, so I made it from the bar to the front of the stage with a shot of Jägermeister. And I don't have to tell you how hard of a feat that was. I got from the bar to the front of the stage with a full shot of Jägermeister, and I handed it to Howard Jones. And he takes it. And you look at the guitar player, and then you look at the bass player, and they're like, I ain't fucking taking that. And he hands it right back to me. <laughs> I took a shot, and that was on the Rock 967 uh, website. There's the there's a picture of Vanek handing Howard Jones a shot of Jaeger. Um, I've got to see if we can't find that. Oh, God. A lot of that shit we can't use because there was a guy we don't mention in those pictures. Um... All right. Yeah, but if we can find that one, I don't care who the fuck else is in that picture. Fuck it. <laughs> like I even think Pretty I sure he's standing right next to me, Buck. So, anyways, uh, uh, this is intro. Intro your song, dude. Fuck, my first one got vetoed. Which song did I pick? This is the one with Jesse. Wait, what? You tell me which song I picked. I don't fucking remember. There you I go. My first one. You said it didn't well, anyways, work. Was my next favorite. Anyways, check it out. The guy with the professional podcast on every Monday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on their Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch streams. That's called Talking Shop with the Boss and the Box. You can check that out every Monday. Uh, what, what are you guys doing this Monday? <laughs> this Monday is our 150th episode. So for that, it's going to be a little bit of a clip show. We're hollering back to some old episodes, some old guests, favorite moments, hilarious, emotional. I was actually tracking one just a second ago. and uh, Well, that sounds like a fucking party. Here you go. This is Kill Switch Engage on Raiding the Vault with Vanek and Lunchbox. <laughs> Slayer Rules and Mike Vanek Sex Podcast is fucking awesome. That's called bad beer drinking etiquette. I don't care, punk rock. I drink how I want. Hey! Germany! This goes out to your fucking delicious beer and all those fat German titties in the crowd. Big fucking titties! I didn't even watch this one before I picked it. 
Okay, we can talk over this one. Yeah. And that's how you drink classy. Like, that's this was classy. my introduction to Jesse. I've never seen them with him before. It's so easy. As soon as gone, my curse goes out to Adam D's drinking problem. Short into about an hour. Okay, I remember picking the song. I didn't realize it was with Jesse. Listen to about an hour of that of him, and then I turned on Wu Tang Clan. They're probably the tightest metal band in the world.
once again, Mike Vanek has left me to steer the ship. So, yeah, like he said, that was chaos at the fucking at the Fat Cat with them, you know, at over double capacity. And that was my first show at the Fat Cat. I actually was too young to get into it till that moment. So we went in. Kill Switch was incredible. I got my lip busted during an opening band, Better Left Unsaid, which we're all friends with. And we played a few times on the show, but it was the first iteration of it. So, man, what to say about Killswitch Engage? I've only seen them one other time since. I've seen them both with Howard and with Jesse. I want Van to get back before I give my official Howard and Jesse talk. But yeah, there you go. It's Killswitch Engage is a really solid band, man. The fact that they're 20 years plus and still going is something incredible. It just speaks to their the, the testament of what they meant to their time in the music industry and how everybody sounds somewhat like Killswitch Engage nowadays at least has an element of them. They're a band that influences people now. Wow, you really left me hanging a long fucking time there. I'm sorry. I have kids, and you will realize here in about a year or two that when they wake up in the middle of the night screaming, uh, you got to attend to that. No, I've, I've had that happen once or twice already. But no, I was, just, I was just saying, you asked uh, during the song whether I was a Howard guy or a Jesse Leach guy. Mm-hmm. I've become a Jesse Leach guy. Okay. I was a Howard guy, but because, and people will crucify me for this. Jesse sounds like shit on a live or just breathing. Okay. Like absolute well. shit. Like the lyrics are great, but the way it was recorded, something, it's just, it's bad. So I was a gigantic fan. And then I heard that. I don't know if he quit or got fired, but, you know, um, I just, you know me, man, every year it's a different fad, and I just never listened. I I, I love that band. They are tight as fuck, and I listen to a shitload of them today. He's a great singer, and I would be, I would have no no problem supporting Killswitch Engage. I would say they're one of the top ten uh, contemporary metal bands. I'd probably say they're um, the number one contemporary metal band. I'm going to see a band in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee in, in April called Death Angel. I want to tell you right now, they're way fucking better than Killswitch Engage. But they're not more contemporary. They are one of the top three most contemporary bands of all time. And my favorite band of all time, which I'm also going to see on that tour, is creeping up there. Matter of fact, their guitar player went out on the media and said they'd, they'd smoke fucking Metallica. And I agree with them. Speaking of that band, it's my turn, right? Yep. Speaking of that, I'm going to play their brand new single for you, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, in the, earlier I mentioned Hank Kelly. In, I want to say... The tail end of 93, she took me to go see Black Sabbath. And it's not Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath I got to go see. I went to go see the Reverend Ronnie James Dio perform Magic on And your internet connection. You mentioned Armors for me, Suicidal Tennessee Slayer. Dude. I've seen Ronnie James Dio perform a million fucking times. Every time Dio played, I'd try him. 
whether it be Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, fucking Dio. Um, I saw him play with fucking a couple other guys once. Um, but anyways, Black Sabbath fucking killed it. But I was turned on to this band that my family knew because they're all from Richmond, and this is where this band emanated from. Um, dude, Exodus is my favorite of all time. It earned its way up there. Um, we got to see them play backyard parties back in the day when I was a little kid. Uh, my mom knew Paul Bailoff pretty well. Pretty sure they sold them weed and cocaine. Um, dude, I heard Ruthie's in stories my whole life. You know, and then my favorite part, which I have the poster hanging right here, my band. Which Davey can vouch for. I was in a band. <laughs> Several. <laughs> Several. Uh, we opened for Exodus, Rebel's Mother, which I was in for about nine, ten months. Um, we opened for Exodus, and it was the greatest joy of my life. And I'm fucking, thank you, Brandon Schneider, for saving my posters and sending me some of the good ones. Oh, I see by the way, Lunchbox, I have your fat cat poster in my closet. It needs to be sent to your house. My birthday one? The the one I gave you the book, and you got to do whatever you wanted, and you did your Zero Asylum Entertainment show with the fat cat. Nightmare actually, you said that. You were like, what am I putting it under? I was like, you want to put it under Zero Asylum? And you're like, yeah. All right. Hey, man. I need help. Help. You were like, can I show it to Fat Cat? I was like, fuck yeah, can you do a show with Fat Cat? That's a free buzz. And it no, was. It was, can you, it was, can you throw me a birthday show at the Fat Cat? I'll do you one better, brother. How about you throw you a birthday show at the Fat Cat? <laughs> All right. I remember the conversation. I was standing in the stairwell across the street in the parking garage with the most gigantic cheating chunk size doing you've ever seen in your life. And I'm uh, so yeah, Mike Alsep was standing right there. Uh, Crusher was standing right there. JoJo was over here. Sean was making out that blonde chick dancing Connie or whatever her name was over here from Dam. And Russ Alsep was fucking being annoying over in the corner. And I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> you ever do it? Let's do it, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> And so, yeah, you let me book that one. So, right on. I'll, I'll look forward to that poster. Like, so, anyways, um, Exodus has been my favorite band for years and years and years. I'm good friends with, well, I'm pretty good friends with um, their singer's kids and especially their drummer, Nick. What up, dude? Anyways, um, so there's a famous story that was. Uncovered uh, once again, talking shop with the Boston Box every Monday night. You can check them out on their Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook streams, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 o'clock at my house, otherwise known as the Shell Station on the street. Anyways, so Nick Souza went on Davy 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 Show and was like, Hey, you want to hear a story about Mike Vanek? And uh, proceeded to tell the story of how. When I thought Zetro from Exodus was calling me, or, well, emailing me, he actually called me. Uh, but it was a clever ploy to keep the, the scheme going. No, he was mind-spacing you. No, he called me eventually. I talked on the phone with Zetro. 
And I was like, oh, dude, fucking Exodus. I love Exodus. Fucking Exodus. 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 You are in Exodus. Just shut up and play Exodus. This is going to get long-winded. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, due to several requests from management, here's Exodus with their new single. By the way, I'm going to see them.
Raiding the Vault with Vanek and Lunchbox, and that was the greatest band of all fucking time. Ah. Exodus. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, well, to me, anyways. Well, you see, my next pick is the greatest band of all time, in my opinion. Okay. Now. And I agree with you. Um, Exodus is my favorite metal band. This band we're about to talk about is by far my favorite rock and roll band of all time. And, well, dude, for their day, like, I went and listened to uh, live at, um, oh, what, live at, uh, oh, fuck, what studio was it? BBC? No. No, it was uh, it was in New York, but um, uh, hey, Life of Lady Land. No, I'll I'll go listen to the album. Uh, I actually one of the first uh, gifts I got as a teenager was the Bonfire set. Oh yeah, Amy Strong had that. And um, well, I, I lost mine subsequently in many moves, and then mm-hmm. not long ago I was uh, at band practice one time, and Ricky happened to have it in his van. Oh, and he just handed it and he just handed it to me and i'm like what you know i was like yeah this is cool i used to have this and he's like no that's yours i was like what Word, and, he was dude. Like, and he was just like yeah dude you're uh, like i'm i got nowhere to keep stuff and you're the only friend i have who'd appreciate it so like here take this and you know it's just like call you thing i was gonna you today and ask you if you wanted me to play bonnie cdc or brian cdc well, <laughs> I figured you knew that was coming. Um, I didn't see him with Blonde. Unfortunately, he died before I was born. Yeah, yeah so, me too. You know, there's that. No, you were born. <laughs> well, you've been born. Bon Scott died. Was it 79 or 80 when he died? I thought it was 81. 81? Yeah, I was about two years old. So, Either way, yeah, I, but... born. I was born at the end of 83. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to go with what I saw, and I actually went with my first introduction to them in a live format. Don't get me wrong. My mom brought me up listening to ACDC. Highway to Hell was on at my house constantly as a child. Um, Back yeah. in Black constantly. Um, yeah. Back in Black for us. Um, It was both of those two. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was more of a, a Bon Scott mark. Uh, Dirty Deeds yeah. was um, on constantly. You know, these, these were albums that were just regular rotation. Well, they released The Razor's Edge. Mm-hmm. And of course, we get it. And um, in my opinion, the Razor's Edge is ACDC's last great album. Don't get me wrong, Ball Breaker's a lot of fun. Um, no, know, I'm in a hundred. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. Like, don't get me wrong. Every ACDC album is mm-hmm. fun, but the Razor's Edge to me is where they stopped being original. That's when they stopped being. You know, I don't want to say relevant, but you know, they became a touring band. It's when you go get beer during the new songs. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those bands, and it's sad to say because ACDC will go down to being one of the top five rock bands of all time. Well, not only that, but I mean, in in, in that same vein, they still, when you go see ACDC, you're still going to see fucking stadium sellouts and festival headliners, and, and we're not talking like small festivals like Aftershock, stuff like that. We're talking Vakken and shit, download. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. over the bands that are selling the most tickets in the world right now. Yeah. You still your so one, one stage at Vakken is the whole stage at Aftershock. Yeah, correct. You know how Aftershock is stage by stage? They have two giant stages side by side. 
Yeah, and then the small stage in the back. Yeah, so Vaking, every there's four or five of those at Vaking. Of the the giant stages. Yeah. Uh, so like there's two on one side and then two on the other, and then there's a stage off to the side. Um, we should go to that Sunday, brother. Oh, dude, it's it's definitely a plan. But if Phantom Witch wins, I might have to. I love them. They're they're out. They're insanely good, and they just. I played them. Good. I played them the other day on the Mike Vanek sucks podcast. That's rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash Mike Vanek sucks. Okay. So I went with the first thing I saw. So picture this: you're seven years old, barely seven mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. You walk into the Cow Palace. Mm-hmm. Arco Arena for me, but we. Oh, you were at the Arco show. Yes. For the Razor's Edge tour. Yes. So was my mom. Yes. My mom actually, um, she wanted to take me with her. Pretty sure Pretty sure we had a conversation about that one time. Yeah, she wanted to take me with her, but mm-hmm. she was, uh, it was sold out. So she sent me two days later in, at the Cow Palace with my aunt. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, like this, you talked earlier about Metallica uh, Day on the Green being the, the show that shaped you. Yeah. This is the show that shaped me. This Absolutely. is the show that made me believe in being a showman in all so aspects. People, people that know us know that me and Davey are really good friends and brothers and practically my best friend in the whole world. I do not know a bigger ACDC fan than Davey. Well, you know what I mean? did, uh, that, that'd be my mother. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, you know, me, me looking at you, homie. Dude, you're the biggest ACDC fan I know. And besides my wife sleeping upstairs. You know what I mean? I asked her, um, Ida's list was um, Audio Slave, um, ACDC, uh, Metallica, and a couple others. What, did you tell her she could only pick metal bands? Foo Fighters. No, I just asked her what was her top five bands she saw live. Foo Fighters was the big one. I believe that. Taylor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's so that's that's so shitty. Were you at the Chevy Metal show at the Fat Cat? No. Yeah, very nice guy. Uh, got to meet Mick Murphy from In Ruin again there, and his wife, uh, who was the singer for In Ruin. All right, brother. So let's get into it. This is one of the best ACDC songs of the Brian Johnson era. Um, I'm more of a Bon Scott guy. Same. But I didn't love see that. him with Bon Scott. Yeah, I know. But I love that film on YouTube with uh, that I used to have on VHS from Live in Paris uh, with Bon Scott. That was the consummate lead singer. Probably the best of all time in my book. Uh, Brian, I've seen ACDC probably three times. And uh, first time being with my Aunt Kelly at the Arco Arena on this tour. Yeah. Two days, but anyways. Two days before I yeah. saw him. Two days before you saw him. Um, so this is ACDC. Uh, this is one band that I share with my brother that we can agree on no matter what. No you know what I mean? band in the world. It's like we're driving from Turlock to Los Banos. It's like, what do you want to listen to? ACDC is a common occurrence. Uh, we've listened to a lot of Steve Miller band. A lot of, and, no, no, no. We do not listen to Steve Miller band. A lot of Van Halen. We listened to the Steve Miller band last time I rode to Los Banos with it you. It was and on the playlist. Yelled at me for skipping songs. It was on the playlist. Okay. Uh, Bob Seger. 
We haven't, but I would. Like I said, usually no. it's Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen. That's Van the one Halen is kind of the common ground. Van Halen, ACDC. But I shoot that Bob Seger lyrics on the fucking Facebook, and you're the first one to fucking respond to it. <laughs> you know it. Anyway, ACDC with Thunderstruck. Oh my God, this song fucking rules. And if you go to any sports game in the fucking world, they play this twice. <laughs>
Hey, Davey. Do you go buy a record player yet? No, I have not bought a record player yet. Well, you need to take your ass to Walmart and buy a record player because check it out. You know the number one um, selling format for music these days is besides streaming? Vinyl. Hell yeah. Did you know that my homeboy down here at Ceremonial Sound right here in Bristol, Virginia has the dopest record store ever? I've heard you talk about it. Well, check it out. If you go down here to Ceremonial Sound, which is 264 Euclid Avenue, suite number one, right here in Bristol, Virginia, 24201. Call them up at 276-821-3092. And for those of you, because most of you are not within walking distance of Ceremonial Sound, unlike me, which is it's about three minutes away. Um, dude, look them up on Facebook and YouTube. And if you're looking for that ideal record, whether it be classic rock, uh, singer-songwriters, fucking indie funk, pop jazz. My favorite part about Ceremonial Sound is, dude, they have the dopest of fucking selection. Everybody knows me. I like punk rock. I like fucking hardcore. I like fucking a death metal. I like fucking fuzz fucking rock. I like noise. I like it all. They have it there. I've gotten so many albums for Ceremonial Sound that it's stupid. If I were to sit here and list them off, it'd take a fucking hour. But I bought Forbidden today. I bought The Beatles today. I bought fucking Bongzilla today. Dude, check them out on Facebook and Instagram. It's Ceremonial Sound right here in Bristol, Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was ACDC, Davey's favorite fucking band. So give me some more um, honorable mentions, my friend. You know, one that was really tough not to put on here was Apocalyptica. Oh, yeah. I went and saw it. It was uh, Suicidal Tendencies and the band I'm looking at right now, Sleep. See, I was was going to tell you no sleep because we didn't have the time for that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh I looked apocalyptic <laughs> man like you oddly even though you know what to expect when you're going to see mm-hmm. four dudes playing cellos with a drummer doing metal covers and originals yeah. too. But you mm-hmm. don't know what to expect when it's four dudes with cellos playing metal covers and originals with a drummer. Like so I saw when they first came out and they were just doing they did Master of Puppets in its entirety. And it was the coolest thing I ever saw in my whole life. I saw them right after they came out with that um, I'm Not Jesus song uh, mm-hmm. by, with Corey Taylor. And uh, it, uh, he wasn't singing with them. They had a dude that came and sang certain songs with them. And uh, they were just so good. Like, everything about them was just so good. All right, so if he had to pick between... Your two favorite bands in high school. Are you going to pick the band that Mitty Goodwin booked or the band that you went to Senior Ditch a day for? I didn't have a band for Senior Ditch Day, and I've only seen so many bands that Mitty Goodwin's booked. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the one that Mitty Goodwin booked. Um, ladies and gentlemen, our next band for tonight, and then we're going to let Davey pick, um, the next band, which I, 
already know is, and I'm really mad that you didn't pick a video with Alex Ben in it, but whatever. Um, Dude, we so, still got that many more songs to go? Um, I have two, you have one, and then All Machine right. Head. All right. So um, this is my next pick, and this is one of the most important bands in my life. I saw this band in 1994 at Modesto Junior College that our friend Mitta Goodwin booked. Um, and then I saw them several times after. The last time I saw them, our brother Jojo called me uh, on a Sunday afternoon when my son was at home. And I told him, hey, I'm going to Aftershock with your Uncle Jojo. <laughs> and I booked it to Sacramento. And it was a shitty thing to do. But I got to see NXT wrestling. And um, <laughs> fuck off, Davey. I still feel bad about it, but I got to see NXT wrestling with fucking Enzo and Cast and Finn Balor and hey, you dimed Cor- on yourself on that one. Yeah, I know, but fuck it. Um, I'm an old man now. I can fucking confess my sins. So, anyways, the headliners were Faith No More in this band. This band is one of the most important bands of my life. Uh, when I was going through a shitty time in high school, this band fucking their first record, dude. Anyways, um, I got to know the bass player's brother pretty good. And then the bass player died. And still to this day, it makes me very sad to think about it. But this band played in Modesto a bunch of fucking times before they got famous. And they got famous, and every time they came back to Modesto, it was fucking epic. The band I am talking about is the immortal Deftones. And... For those of us that grew up in the Valley, um, I can't name the bigger band that came from our area. Um, they are the fucking shit. They sell out everywhere they go, and they are fucking world-renowned. And they came from Sacramento, California, which is a very important city to both of us. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I had a hard time picking which Deftones song to go with because Back to School is fucking like a 209 anthem, uh, makeshift gray used to play it all the time. But this is my favorite song, and this is the shortest song I could find because my brother was like, just find short songs and shut the fuck up. So anyways, uh, (laughs) on that note, you could drop, you could drop my trivia song if you want to. Okay, well, then I'll drop uh, the other song that I have, and then we'll go to the closer after this. All right. We'll talk about Trivium, though. Actually, we can play the Trivium song and then close if you want. No, go ahead and play yours, and then and then we'll play our, our agreed-upon one. Okay, cool. I really like Trivium now that they have my friend playing drums. But anyways, uh, this is one of the most important fucking songs of my life. This song helped me get, this whole fucking album helped me get through uh, a really hard time. And when I went to my now, I don't know, what do I call her? My better half. Um, When I met Ida, she had this record in her apartment. And I was like, (laughs) sold. You know what I mean? Hot girl, fucking hella cool. And she's got a Deftones record on her shelf. Anyways, this is Minerva by the Deftones. <laughs> Enjoy.
You are listening to Raiding the Vault with Vanek and Lunchbox, and from Sacramento, California, to your eardrums. That was the Deftones. All right, guys. So we got a letter from management, and management says to cut the fucking show. So we're going to cut the fucking show. Uh, That was me. Management is me. Yeah, you would be management. You know, like your show when I got fired. And you were like, well, you got cut by management. But anyways, uh, we wish you so, your best in your future, your best of uh, best luck in your yeah. future endeavors. Yeah. So you're a sports entertainer, and I'm a professional wrestler, and you can eat a bag of dicks. But anyways, um, by the way, that angle on AEW with Chris Jericho, it's a license to print money. But we're gonna move on because now is a very important band to both of us. And I'm not going to lie, this band, um, until they, until Demo left, this was my favorite band in the history of the fucking world. Uh, You know, but, you know, bygones be bygones, and I love Rob Flynn more than anybody will ever know, and this is where we go. Huh? More than anybody will ever know, brother. Hell yeah, dog, because I'm going to tell you a story. So me and my homeboy from high school, which is my brother, my very first brother of the brothers, the Fabulous Five, um, Travis Brooks. What up, dog? Um, so, dude. So he used to hook up with this chick that we hung out with in high school named Chrissy Adam. And the three of us, one, two, three, went to go see Seven Dust at the Modesto Center Plaza. And it was maybe my second or third show at uh, the Plaza, which is a historic venue, and we will be doing a show about it. But um, got to see a band called Machine Head. And it was the, um, dude, it was the Red Album. The Burning Red burning red and i'm telling you right now fucking aru from il nino was on guitar and changed my fucking life and i was a diehard machine head fan ever since then i got a really shitty arm which is very big it was somebody's like second tattoo ever i'm like here you want to do a machine head on my arm and look how scarred it is it's shitty but anyways um I've seen him probably a dozen times over the years. And I'm sitting in my kitchen one day, and this fool that I'm talking to right now is going to Machine Head with uh, Brandon the Boss Blacker from Talking Chop with the Boss in the Box every Monday at night, 8 p.m. Specific Standard Time on their YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook streams. Can you tell I say that a lot? I promote your show, (laughs) motherfucker. How about you promote mine? We'll get into that in another episode. But anyways, um, what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Machine Machine Head. Head. So this guy got to go see Machine Head at the fucking Fox Theater in Oakland with all my friends. Well, everybody I've ever known in the last 25 years was at that gig. And I'm sitting in my kitchen smoking a blunt watching live feeds like, I hate you all. To be fair, that was the second time I saw Machine Head. The first time I saw him was also with Brandon the Boss Blacker from my partner in mm-hmm. Talking Shop with the Boss in the Box. You can watch us every Monday night on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at Talking Shop with the Boss in the Box. 
anyway, um, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, moving 11 o'clock at my house. Uh-huh. 11 o'clock at my house, 11, or while I'm at work. 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So, anyway, you know, either way, both times I've went to see Machine Head have been with Brandon. Like, he took me for my birthday one year. I actually got to take him on his birthday uh, mm-hmm. a year and a half later. And so, it, it you know... I've heard for years, this is the best live band ever you've ever seen in your life. And I've watched videos and I, you know, and I was like, you know what? I, I think I could buy that, but I got to be there. And Mm -hmm. while I don't necessarily think they are the best live band ever, I understand why people do like going to machine head is a religious experience. And like Vanek said, the last time I went and saw him, was at the Fox in Oakland, and everybody we've all known for the last 20 years of our life was there. Just, so was that the tour where Contos played? Yes. It was the See, that's what I 25-year anniversary tour. So they did an hour and a half of, of the, the normal stuff, and then they mm-hmm. came back and played Burn My Eyes cover to cover. So for 15 years, I'm like <clears throat> telling people, I'm I'm friends with the drummer for Machine Head. Because Chris Onkos will always be the drummer for Machine Head. And then the one time I get to go see him play with fucking Machine Head, I live 2,100 miles away. It happens. And they, and, did, and, and that they didn't come around. here. They did not come here. Um, Phil Demo's last tour of Machine Head, I had to work at Kroger, beg my fucking boss to go. It was right down the road in Asheville, North Carolina, which if you ever come here, we're going there. Uh, dude, I'm sitting there looking on Instagram and fucking Phil Dumbo's walking around fucking Asheville. I'm like, dude, if I was in Asheville right now, I'd be hanging out with Phil Dumbo. It, dude, it was fucked up. I but was anyways, at the show. Yeah. It was yeah, emotional. The, there was in, in, Santa, in Santa Cruz? Yes. By the way, I have the new violence record right over there. Like Anyways, that. so in the interest of time, because I do want to have a couple minutes of uh, Puff Stop with fucking Homeboy over here. Um, and I got drunker than I was supposed to. I apologize. And I don't give a fuck. Remember, you're either with me or under the boot. Under the boot. Anyways, um, so this is one of the most important bands in my life. And I'm sure my brother's. As you've heard for the last five minutes or so, um, we're going to end the drunken rambling now. This is probably one of their best songs of all time. I wanted to play Imperium. Davey wanted to play some other song that I can't remember right now. Yes, this is the happy medium. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, let freedom ring with a shotgun blast, would you?
Well, that video ended early. So that was Machine Head with Davidian, and that was the last uh, song of the night. And I'm going to end it with this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, kids and cats and dogs, what is the most overrated band of all time, Davey? It's a toss-up for me. Okay, um, I got a. I have a band from Ida's list. Well, I mean, as you know, my conventional response is Slayer. Yeah, and that would be my number two most overrated band of all time. And you know how many times I've seen them. My second would be System of a Down. That would be my number three. And who's your number one? Tool. Tool fucking sucks. Tool is not for me. I would rather get my fucking nuts kicked in by a horse than listen to fucking Tool. Who, um, made, who hurt you by making you listen to Tool? Remember that blonde-haired chick that lived in my house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Perfect Circle. Anything involving Maynard? Yeah, although she did strip for me once to uh, Nine Inch Nails, and every time I hear that fucking Fuck Me Like an Animal song, I'm like, I got to see a chick get naked at that. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode five of Rating the Ball with Vanek and Lunchbox. You can find um, us- No, this is four and a half. This is a bonus episode. Oh, this is a bonus count. episode, four and a half, four and a quarter. Yeah. Uh, next time we will be talking about Whatever Davey can think of us to talk about, because it's his turn. All right, it's my turn. Cool. You'll hear us. Um, this will happen. So this is the end of March. So we'll be back in about the middle of April, ladies and gentlemen. And then you will. I'm just throwing an audible, making an executive decision, having a fucking memo handed down from management. Uh, we are doing a special episode on Mike Vanek's birthday. I don't give a fuck what this guy has going on. Uh, we're doing it. Um, even if it's 20 minutes of me fucking getting drunk and talking shit to my brother. I don't care. He gets to do special things on his show on his birthday. And this is like the only show I give a fuck about anymore. <laughs> People want so, to call me uh, and wish me happy birthday. What's your point? Like, Listen, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Crack Horse got fucking mentioned before I did. Oh, the playing of the videos. Like, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, uh, you drunkard. No. Well, you know what we're going to do on post? We're going to fucking say our goodbyes. I'm going to walk to work and get nachos. All right. Mm -hmm. This is Lunchbox saying Mike Panic have a safe trip to work to go get nachos. Really? I fucking threw you a softball to end the show, and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to get over here, bro. Anyways. Davey, where can people find you on social media and the band Nothing But Losers and your uh, award-winning podcast, Top Top, the Boston Box, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on their Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch streams? By the way, it should be just talking shop with the box. Either way, Mike Vanek just told you where you can find my show. You can find my band Nothing But Losers on Facebook, Nothing But Losers on Instagram, and Nothing But Loser, that is no S, on Twitter. Yes. You can also find us on May 7th at Goldfield Trading Post for the 20 Years of Terror Tour with Wednesday 13 
and our boys from Modesto, nothing, or I'm sorry, no silence. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, people on this side of the world are talking about that venue. A Goldfield? Yeah, it's like the, it's, it's, it's become the ace of spades. It's like, dude, I want to go to Cali and play a fucking Goldfield. I'm like, number one, people in California don't call it Cali. And I might punch you for saying that. And um, I haven't been there. I've well, been, I been there yet either. This is my first time. Word. Well, uh, go live so I can watch you guys play. And uh, with that being said, you can find the Mike Vanek Sucks podcast at rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash Mike Vanek Sucks. You can see the archives of the Mike Vanek Sucks podcast all the way when we're the Mike Vanek Sucks video blog. <clears throat> I may or may not have paid for members of Exodus to um, pimp that. But anyways, uh, Mike Max Sucks is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Please click smash that like button and subscribe. Also, please support my brother, that guy right there. Uh, talk shop with the Boston Box every Monday night. Please support just before their show comes on. You can see the West Effect Up podcast. Twitch.tv forward slash Cody underscore hatred. Check out Mountain Smoke Shop. Please support of the designs and the Tope Suicida brand for all your wrestling apparel. Uh, Mid a Goodwin with this is Scott Zorin in Sacramento with fucking Capital Chaos TV. I'm going to cut it off early tonight. Please support gunmusicradio.com. This episode will most likely be posted on Gun Music Radio within the next couple days. Check out all our Facebook pages for the flyer. Motherfuckers, share it this time. Anyways, um, I'm Mike Vanek and I suck. Huh? Well, last time I sent you the flyer, and you didn't fucking share it until like 20 minutes before the show. I share your shit all the time, even when I'm not paid to. Oh, wait, people are getting paid for that? That's a knee slapper. Anyways, here. Everybody have a good night. <laughs> I'm Vanek and this is Lunchbox and my plan just failed miserably because I'm shit-faced drunk. Have a good night.